Here we are, and it's time for the podcast that we call Time in God's Word, a time that we just spend walking through Scripture, uh, allowing God to speak to us, sharing His wonderful, wonderful truths. By the way, this is David Carnes, and so good, as always, to be with you. And today, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to continue to take us through the first chapter of John's Gospel. And as we continue... I'm going to begin a short series today that we are going to call the testimony of John the Baptist regarding our Lord Jesus. And beginning in verse 19 of John chapter 1 and going to the end of verse 37, we're going to see what John the Baptist had to say about Jesus. And as we begin today, what is fascinating about John chapter 1 is there are actually three sections in which we see testimonies concerning Jesus. For example, the Apostle John spoke of Jesus from verse 1 to the end of verse 18, and now John the Baptist speaks of Jesus. And then beginning in verse number 38 to the end of the chapter, the first followers of Jesus actually testify about our Lord as well. But Our focus today and our focus over the next few podcasts actually will be what John the Baptist had to say about Jesus. And by the way, John the Baptist, this last Old Testament prophet, also this first New Testament preacher, this one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament, this one whose birth, by the way, was announced by an angel, this one that was miraculously conceived, this man who Jesus declared as the greatest man who had lived up to that point, John the Baptist. And again, John the Baptist, in part, through this text, tells what he knows about Jesus. And remember this, but John's gospel, the theme, it is the deity of Jesus. That's the theme, that Jesus is God, and therefore that Jesus, he's the Savior. And This really is the focus of what those who testify about Jesus have to say, that Jesus is God and that he is the Savior. And remember this, but Jesus, he had to be God in order to save. He had to be that perfect man so that he would have no sins of his own to die for. Therefore, he could die for yours and he could die for mine. But today, we begin this series, and again, we're calling it The Testimony of John the Baptist concerning the Lord Jesus. And so let me get us into the text today, John chapter 1 and verse 19 through the end of verse 28 again today as we spend time in God's Word. But number one in all this, Jesus is here. That's point number one in all this. We see this starting in verse number 19, and it goes to the end of verse number 28. Verse number 19, and this is the testimony of John. Speaking of John the Baptist, also let me just pull out if I made this word testimony. It is a word that simply means to speak about something that you know something about. And that's what John is about to do. He's going to speak about Jesus, Messiah. He's going to speak about the Savior. But before he testifies we have the following to look at. And look again back then at verse number 19. And this is the testimony of John. It goes on to say, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, 
Who are you? So right here, we are told that a delegation had been sent to question John the Baptist. Delegation made up of who? It says in my Bible, priests and Levites. Is that what your Bible says? Yes. And the text says that the Jews, by the way, now watch this. The text goes on to say that the Jews sent this delegation. Now there's something here. But John the Apostle, all throughout this gospel, when he speaks of the enemies of Jesus, he always refers to them as the Jews. Hear me on this. Never one time in this book does John use the word Jew in an ethnic manner. He only uses that word when referring to the enemies of our Lord. By the way, he uses this word 70 times in the gospel. And again, every time he uses the word, he uses it as a reference to the enemies of Jesus. And so right here, John the Apostle says, the enemies of Jesus sent priests and Levites to question John the Baptist. That's how you can read that. But now also we need to see this. But the Jews that sent the priests and the Levites, this is actually a reference to that group called the Sanhedrin. That's the, re- the ruling religious body that's located back in Jerusalem. The Sanhedrin made up of 70 elders, also one high priest. Now, this ruling body would be made up of mostly a group called Sadducees. Also, there would be a group involved in this called the Pharisees. And just briefly, but the Sadducees, we could say, they were the liberal wing of Judaism, the Sadducees. For example, they did not believe that God had any role in the lives of man. They did not believe in angels. The Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. They were the liberal wing of Judaism. But now also, the Sanhedrin made up of the Pharisees. We could say that they were the conservative branch of Judaism. Preachers of the law. They believed in the letter of the law. And so you have these two groups that would have made up the Sanhedrin. By the way, verse number 24 in the text actually tells us that the Pharisees had sent this group of priests and Levites to question John the Baptist. But now with that said, we look then at this delegation that confronts John the Baptist. Who are they? And we look at them. And again, verse number 19 says this. It says that the Jews sent priests and Levites. Now, remember in the introduction today, I mentioned the priests. And the priests, again, they were highly thought of. They were the local pastors. They were the local preachers in each little town and each little village. And there were thousands of priests all throughout Israel. But again, they were just highly thought of by the people. But you have priests here, and they are a part of this delegation. But then also, there were Levites in the delegation. Now, this is interesting, but the Levites, they were there for crowd control. Understand, they served in that capacity at the temple in Jerusalem. They kept law and order. So just in case things started to get out of hand out there in the desert, the Levites were there. But this delegation is there. This delegation, it's on a mission. They are there to ask John a question, and the question is what? Do you see it in your Bible? The question is, who are you? And we see the question at the end of verse number 19. That's where it is. 
And again, remember this, but the reason John was on their radar in the first place was because of all the people that were going out there to hear him and then be baptized by this man. Thousands were leaving the cities. Thousands were leaving the little towns and the wilderness. They were going out there at Bethany across the Jordan the wilderness was becoming a hotbed for some kind of religious fervor. That's what was going on. And the religious authorities back in Jerusalem wanted to know what's going on out there. But again, they asked John, who are you? That then moves us to verse number 20. Verse 20, here's John's answer. Watch this. Verse number 20 says, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed I am not the Christ. Now, I want you to understand this, but when they asked John, who are you? It is obvious that in that question, they also asked, are you the Christ, the anointed one? Are you the Savior? We know that this was a part of their question because of how he answered, right? How did he answer? He answered by saying, I'm not the Christ. So they obviously asked, are you the Christ? But now back to his answer. There's a word here that I want you to see. The word confessed. Do you see that there? The word confessed. He confessed. The word is used twice here. Now that's an interesting word. And let me say, but in our English translations, that word doesn't help us very much with what is really being said. But in the Greek text, the word that's used there is a word that speaks of a very strong denial. That's what the word means. I mean, the picture is of John right here actually yelling out, making it very clearly known, no, I am not the Christ. I am not the Messiah. I am not the Savior. Get that out of your heads right now. I'm not him. That's how you read that. But then you look back at verse 20 and you see it written, John did not deny. You see that there. Which means... He did not keep quiet. But he soundly and he very strongly said, I am not him. I am not the Christ. And so that's verse 20. But then you move to verse number 21. This delegation then moves on to another question. Look at verse number 21 with me. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Okay, just stop there for a moment. Spend just a little bit of time here. This is important. We need to see this. But again, what do they ask? So are you the prophet Elijah? Are you Elijah? Let me say that they ask this question simply because of what Scripture says. This is why they're asking these questions. Scripture says something very interesting in the book of Malachi. I want to share this with you. But in Malachi chapter 4, verse number 5, we are told that just before the great and awesome day of the Lord, what is that? That's the day of judgment. The day that Messiah returns, Elijah the prophet will be sent. Just before that time, Elijah's coming back. Now that's Scripture. That's what Scripture says. Now, remember something about Elijah. Elijah never died. He was taken up into heaven alive in a chariot. And so he's returning one day, just before Messiah returns to judge we could say it this way, just before the second coming of Jesus. And so this, this delegation that we have here, they stand before John the Baptist and they say, so you are talking about Messiah coming back. Does that mean then you're Elijah the prophet? 
Is that who you are? You look back at verse 21, John says, what? What does John say? He says, no, I'm not. Again, by the way, in the Greek text, it's a very strong, I'm not. But now with that said, at this point, I think, let me just do this. I, there's one other thing that I need to bring out about Elijah the prophet and John the Baptist. There's a question. There is really a question that needs to be addressed at this point, and that is, Something that we see in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus himself, right there in Matthew 17, says something very interesting, and that is Jesus says, John the Baptist is Elijah. Jesus said that. Again, he said it in Matthew 17. And so with that said, then we have to ask, and we have to ask the question, and that is, so do we have a, a, a contradiction here in Scripture? John saying he's not Elijah, Jesus saying that he is, so how do we square this? Well, let me say we do not have a contradiction in Scripture. Let me say that we can see what all this means by simply looking at what is said about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1, verse 17. Luke chapter 1, verse 17. That's where the angel, again now, that's where the angel announces to Zechariah that he and Elizabeth will have a son. And the angel goes on to say this. Now listen to what the angel says. The angel says, and your son will go before Messiah and he will minister in the spirit and power of Elijah. That's what he says. Now understand this. But what the angel was saying was, John the Baptist, he's going to have a powerful ministry. He's going to be used by God in such great ways. His preaching, his ministry, it's going to be strong. And I want you to hear this. His ministry will be strong just like the ministry that Elijah had. That's what's said there. And so when Jesus said John is Elijah, the point that Jesus was making was that John the Baptist had ministered with the same spirit, the same power that Elijah had. That's what Jesus was saying. So no contradiction here. But again, this is how all this is to be understood. But now with that said, but we go back then to our text and John has said, no, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Savior. I'm not Elijah. But then in verse number 21, again, this delegation then asked, okay, are you the prophet? You see that in your Bible? Are you the prophet? How did he answer this one? No. Now, we ask the question, so who is this? Who is this prophet that this delegation brings up right here? And again, remember, they are asking questions that are coming out of Scripture. What I mean is at this point, this delegation, at this point, this delegation brings up something that is referenced in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And understand this, but in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses talked about a prophet who would come and in this prophet would come and speak the word of God. And where this gets very interesting is the Jews always saw this prophet to come. This one that's spoken of in Deuteronomy 18 as the coming Messiah. They believed Moses was speaking of Messiah and so right here, this delegation asked John, are you the prophet that Moses spoke of? You look back at verse 21 again, and John says, what? No, I'm not. 
But now with all that said, don't you know that at this time, this delegation sent by the Sanhedrin, they have got to be getting frustrated. Now we look at verse 22. You look at verse 22 with me, the text says, So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Now, what do they say? They say, we can't go back without an answer, John. They're not going to accept it if we come back empty-handed. Who are you? And here's John's answer. Look at verse 23. Verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, let me say, that there are many different items in this text that we could spend a lot of time on. Items that we could look at, make a point of, and just camp out here for the whole rest of the day. Here's something that we could easily spend an entire sermon on, but right here John says, when asked one more time, who are you? John says, all I am is a voice. That's it. Nothing else. In other words, all I am is a spokesman. All I am is someone out here in this wilderness telling others about Messiah, Savior. That's it. That's who I am. That's how he answers. But now, if you will do this, look back. Look back at the text. Look at verse 23. You notice that John quotes from Isaiah the prophet, doesn't he? This comes out of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. Understand that this is where Isaiah himself prophesied about John the Baptist. And in part, and let me just read a little bit of what Isaiah wrote in that section out of Isaiah 40. But Isaiah wrote, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be made low. And he goes on. But Isaiah was saying that there is going to be a man who is out in the wilderness. But understand this. He's not talking about a literal wilderness. He's talking about a spiritual wilderness. This man's going to be in the midst of people who need God, who need Messiah, who need to be saved. And this man is going to be preaching Messiah, bold and strong. This man was John the Baptist. And Isaiah prophesied about him. That's what we have here. But then again, you look back, verse 23, you look at how John once again answered the question, who are you? And again, John said, All I am is a voice. Here's something that I want you to see. John could have said, what do you mean? Don't you know who I am? I mean, he could have said, don't you know I am a prophet? Don't you know that I'm the one spoken of by Isaiah and Malachi? Don't you know that I am from a priestly line? My father was a priest. By the way, Don't you know that my birth was even declared by an angel? Come on! Don't you know me? He could have said that. And yet, he didn't say that. Again, what did he say? All I am is a voice. 
Point being, John the Baptist, humble. And I want you to understand this, but that's the true preacher. Not wanting recognition, not wanting the spotlight, not wanting fame, not wanting fortune. The true preacher is a humble man. Just preaching the Word. Just being the voice of God. That's the true preacher. And we could spend a lot of time on that. But that reveals something to us about this man. I wanted you to see this. Humble, not proud. He's a servant. That's the true preacher. And how we could spend a lot of time on that. But we need to move on. Look at verse 24. Verse number 24. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. This group, as I stated earlier, came from the Sanhedrin. Made up of Sadducees, Pharisees. It looks like the Pharisees may have been behind this delegation in their visit. But then yet, another question we read. Look at verse number 25 as we move on. Verse number 25, they asked him, Then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. And so, John's out there baptizing again. And get the picture in your mind. He's baptizing thousands of people. And understand this, but the purpose of his baptism, and we have to understand the purpose of his baptism, was simply a demonstration or symbol of repentance. That was John's baptism. That was the purpose of it. And what I mean by that is, John was saying to the masses, he was saying, listen, Messiah's coming. You need to be ready to meet him. And the best way to meet him is be clean of sin. And so the best thing that you could do is repent, confess your sin, turn from your sin, get ready to meet Messiah in that kind of condition. And so as a show of repentance, the people would go through then a baptism, a symbolic gesture, and that's all it was, a symbolic gesture again of demonstrating that they had confessed sin and turned from it. That's what's going on. But now back to this delegation, and again they asked John, so if you're not the Christ, you're not Elijah, you're not the prophet that Moses spoke of, then why are you out here doing all of this? John answers, and listen to the response of John. It's very, very interesting. Verse 26. John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Now, I want you to listen to this. But right here, what John is saying is, you need to stop focusing on me. All I'm doing is standing out here in this desert baptizing people. All I'm doing is standing out in this desert telling them about Messiah. I'm a nobody. But then he says, you need to have your focus not on me, but you need to have your focus on the one that is here right now. This one that you don't even know yet, but he's here and he needs to be your focus. Stop spending your time on me and start spending your time on him. That's what he's saying. But then you look at verse 27. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Again, John, what does he say here? He says, I'm a nobody. Stop focusing on me. At best, I'm not even worthy to untie the sandal of the one that I'm proclaiming. Again, that's what John is saying. But I want you to hear me on this. But in those days, 
In those days, the slaves in the home would take the sandals off the feet of the master and they would take the sandals off the feet of the guests. That was their responsibility. And then they would clean the feet of the master and they would clean the feet of the guest. And yet John says, I am so low when it comes to who this one is, I don't even qualify to untie his sandals and take them off his feet. That is who I am in relation to the one that I'm proclaiming and the one that you need to be focusing on. That's what John says. But now with all that said, I want you to hear this. Don't miss this. Because right at this point in this text, this is where we finally find point one. We finally get to point one. Point one, you remember what it is? Point one, Jesus is here. But right here, John says what? He says, Messiah has come. And in verse number 26, John says to this delegation, among you stands one you don't know. And remember this, remember the scene, but John, he had baptized Jesus 40 days earlier. Jesus had then gone out into the wilderness. But now Jesus, he's making his way back. But John knows that Messiah is here. John knows this, but now the point is, and don't miss this, and this is John tells, doesn't he? He tells, he says, Messiah has come. And friends, I, really, hear me on this. That's our message. The church has a message, and that's it. Jesus has come. Messiah has come. That is what we tell. And we tell this to who? We tell it to the lost. We tell it to the lost. And understand, but that is who John is telling it to here, isn't he? The Jews, the enemies of Messiah, the enemies of Jesus. But this is what we are to do. We are to tell the lost about Jesus, that he has come. And Jesus, indeed, he has given his church this commission. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That is what we are to do. And hear me, but on that day, when the delegation from Jerusalem came to John the Baptist, that is what he did. Again, that is what we are to do. Now, isn't this great? I mean, John proclaiming that Jesus is here. And you know what? You and I, we are to proclaim that Jesus has come. He's come to save. And what a wonderful message we have to share, right? We do. I mean, our Lord and our Savior has come to die for the sins of man. He's risen from the grave, and He will save anyone that will come to Him by faith. And I hope you share that message. But this is the first part of what we have to look at in this series regarding the testimony of John the Baptist regarding Jesus. Now, of course, we have more to look at the next time, and we're going to do that when we come back together. And so I look forward to seeing you again. And in between now and then, you live for Jesus. You love Him. You serve Him. You honor Him with your life. And we will see you next time as we spend time in God's Word.